You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host as always, Stephen Carr. For those of you that are West Coast sports fans, there is no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news in the Locked On Pac-12 podcast hosted by Cindy Robinson. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Wednesday, May 26th, and the Phil Knight Invitational is coming back. Today on the show, we are going to talk about that. We are going to do our daily Prozags recap. And we'll talk about the Gonzaga baseball team and what the realistic chances are of hosting a regional in the NCAA tournament. We'll go through some of the teams that they're fighting with to get that regional spot and what needs to happen this week during conference tournaments for Gonzaga to host a regional in the NCAA tournament starting next week. And of course, we are going to finish the show revealing the 11th ranked recruiting class of the Mark Few era. But we start today with the scheduling news of the Phil Knight Invitational returning in 2022. It was reported on Tuesday morning that the PK-85 will take place in Portland next year, and it is going to be a 16-team tournament. It happened in 2017 as the PK-80 in honor of Phil Knight's 80th birthday, the founder of Nike, and they split it into two eight-team brackets, and Gonzaga was part of one of those eight-team brackets where they faced Ohio State in the first round, beat up the Buckeyes a bunch, and then lost a double overtime classic to Florida in that game. Uh, Florida ended up losing a one-possession game to Duke in the championship, while Gonzaga ended up beating Texas in overtime. So that that tournament was a whole lot of fun. And then on the other side of the bracket, the other 18 bracket, I should say, North Carolina and Michigan State, who were both top 10 teams at the time, uh, they faced each other in the championship of that bracket. So it's going to be a high-level event full of high-level teams. And so to go with uh, the Kansas game that's going to be on the schedule and I believe the return game for uh, the Texas Longhorns. So Gonzaga's got Texas. They've got Kansas. They've got the the PK-85, which has not been confirmed that they're going to be in it, but in all likelihood, I imagine they will be. Um, and then they'll continue their series with Washington. I think that continues another two years. Um, so another huge non-conference slate coming up in the 22-23 season. Okay, now it's time for our daily recap of Prozag's action. Let's start with Courtney Vandersloot. The Chicago Sky lost their second straight game without Candace Parker in the lineup. They lost on Tuesday to Atlanta, 90-83. Courtney Vandersloot played 31 minutes, had 14 points, 6 assists, and 3 rebounds. She was 5-for-11 from the field. The sky now dropped to 2-2 on the season. Jeremy Jones, his team was down two games to one, heading into game four of their best-of-five series, and they lost game four. Jeremy Jones was held scoreless. He was 0-for-5, so his team has been eliminated, losing a best-of-five series three games to one. So Jeremy Jones is out of the playoffs. Nigel Williams-Goss is out of the playoffs. Kevin Pangos is out of the playoffs. Kyle Wilcher is out of the playoffs. So the only two guys we got left right now are Silas Melson, who plays in game one of his semifinals today, and we've got Austin Day playing over in Italy. And of course, in the NBA, we've got Rui Hachimura, we got Brandon Clark, we got Killian Tilly, and technically we have Zach Collins, who is on the Blazers but hasn't played all year because of injuries. Rui Hachimura, he plays today at 4 o'clock this afternoon, and then we got Brandon Clark playing tonight 
Um, I doubt he gets into the game because it seems like he is out of the rotation altogether. But Rui Hachimura certainly will be playing for the Washington Wizards as they take on the Philadelphia 76ers in game two of their best of seven series this evening. Okay, coming up, we're talking about Gonzaga baseball. Conference tournaments around the country are taking place right now. Uh, Most of them started on Tuesday, and several of those conference tournaments around the country are going to have a huge impact on whether or not Spokane will host a regional. So I'll break it all down for you coming up here in just a second. But first, we have to talk to you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. I've said for a while that salted caramel is my favorite flavor, but if you don't want to try salted caramel, you can get a mixed box with multiple flavors and try several of them. Whatever flavor you choose, it is going to be soft, it is going to be easy to chew, and it is going to be absolutely delicious. Not only do Built Bars taste great, but they are healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy, also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to Built Bar and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with 4 milligrams of nicotine that comes in 3 flavors, water green, cinnamon, and pomegranate. Lucy also has lozenges with 4 milligrams of nicotine that come in 3 flavors as well, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now, and it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. Lucy was researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month, so it's simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked On College Network listeners, if you go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, you'll get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum and lozenges. That's lucy.co and use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE at checkout. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co, be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Okay, let's talk about some Gonzaga baseball. We mentioned yesterday that they are now ranked 14th in the country. This is just the fourth time in school history that they will be ranked in the top 15 in a major college poll. The other three times all happened in the 70s and 80s. 1971, they're ranked 15th by collegiate baseball. 1978, they're ranked 11th by collegiate baseball. In 1980, is their highest ranking ever, Gonzaga was number nine in the country by collegiate baseball. This year, 2021, this uh, past Monday, Gonzaga was ranked 14th by D1 baseball. So it's their third highest ranking in school history uh, with the program record being number nine. And so what does that mean nationally? Well, it means, according to the latest bracketologies, they are in line to host a regional, but they are the 15th overall seed, which means there are multiple teams uh, clipping at their heels to try to get that spot. So let's go through exactly who has a chance of taking those last few regional spots. The one through 13 uh, spots look like they're all pretty much locked up. So that leaves eight schools looking to grab those last three regional spots. There are only 20 schools eligible 
for those 16 regional host sites. Gonzaga, obviously, and Spokane is one of them. So they are, like I said, at 15 right now. Florida, the team in front of them at 14, is starting their SEC tournament today. Uh, They're number six seed in the SEC tournament, and it would take probably back-to-back losses for them not to get a regional host site. It seems like they're pretty locked in, but if they do lose back-to-back games, that does open the door for other schools. So I wouldn't count Florida as one of the schools that Gonzaga can necessarily pass. I think the more likelier thing is that the teams behind Gonzaga could pass them as opposed to Gonzaga passing somebody like a Florida. So those teams behind Gonzaga include Charlotte, Louisiana Tech, Southern Mississippi, Pittsburgh, and South Carolina. Two of those teams would have to pass Gonzaga in order to uh, not have the Bulldogs host a regional site. So let's go through them. Let's start with Pittsburgh, because since the announcement of the 20 schools eligible to host a regional, Pittsburgh has not won a game. They lost seven games in a row leading into the ACC tournament. They won their first game of the ACC tournament. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Pittsburgh gets the auto bid and wins the ACC. However, because of those last seven losses down the stretch, I don't think they're going to have enough to uh, get a regional as a host. So that leaves four other teams, which is good news for Gonzaga. Three of those teams, Charlotte, Louisiana Tech, Southern Mississippi, all three of those teams play in Conference USA. And by all accounts, all three of them are basically right within a hair of each other. And so the winner of that conference tournament will likely have the upper hand on hosting a regional while the other two schools will be left out. So the winner of Conference USA is going to be fighting with Gonzaga, but not the other two. So that's good news. And then the best news that came out of Tuesday is that South Carolina, one of the other schools fighting with Gonzaga for a regional hosting site, lost in the first round of the SEC tournament. They have been eliminated, and in all likelihood, I got to imagine that's enough to eliminate them from hosting a regional site as well. So all of that said, if Gonzaga can win two out of three this weekend against San Diego, who is right on the borderline of being a uh, NCAA tournament team and is in the top 100 of the RPI. If Gonzaga can win two out of three, in all likelihood, I think they get a regional spot. If they sweep San Diego, they are 100% hosting a regional in the NCAA tournament. If they take two out of three, I think they're in because I don't think that uh, South Carolina can pass them. I don't think Pittsburgh can pass them. And I don't think two Conference USA teams will jump ahead of them. So root for Gonzaga, obviously, but root for them to win two out of three games this weekend. If they only win one, it could get a little bit dicey. I think there is still a chance that they could host, even if they win one out of three, because they will still be WCC champions. They only have to win one out of three games against San Diego to clinch a conference championship. But if they win two or they win three, the NCAA regionals, 95% chance they are coming to Spokane for the first time in program history. Tomorrow on the show, we're going to talk a lot more about Gonzaga baseball, and I'll mention that uh, at the end of this program, exactly uh, who we're talking to and why we're talking to them. Coming up on the rest of this show, we are going to reveal the 11th ranked recruiting class of the Mark Few era, and it includes another classic buzzer-beating call from Greg Heister, and you do not want to miss that. Before we get to that, though, we must talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The NBA and the NHL are both in the playoffs. 
It's the perfect time to get in on the fun, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. For the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. Okay, as I do before I do all of these, just a quick recap. Again, for those that are new, over the next month, we are counting down from worst recruiting class to the best recruiting class of the Mark Few era. These rankings do include transfers. Those transfers count from the year they entered the program, and the most notable walk-ons are included. These are my own personal rankings. You are always, always, always free to debate me on them. I love debating this stuff, especially during the middle of May and June when there's just not a whole lot to talk about. But in my opinion, these rankings are a combination of talent, a combination of success, and what they meant to the program as a whole. As I mentioned yesterday, the difference between class number 12 and class probably four or five is incredibly, incredibly minuscule. Yesterday, we had the class of 2019, which I said is still incomplete because Drew Timmy and Anton Watson are still in school. And so that class has the possibility, I should say, of uh, increasing a few spots by the end of it. But I kept them at the number 12 spot. And today we are getting to the number 11 class of the Mark Few era. And the number 11 class is the class of 2004. And the class of 2004 was wildly successful and really didn't have any busts whatsoever. Pierre-Marie Altador Cespedes, one of the greatest names in Gonzaga history. Josh Heitfeld, who had one of the wildest careers in Gonzaga history. David Pendergraft, one of the best shooters in Gonzaga history. J.P. Batista, one of the best big men in Gonzaga history. A really, really good recruiting class. And if you're looking at that and you say, wow, how is this only the 11th ranked recruiting class? That's because Gonzaga has had some insanely talented recruiting classes and players in their program history, and they're incredibly, incredibly lucky. So let's go through these. Uh, Let's go from first to last this time. J.P. Batista, holy moly, what a monster he was. He finished his senior season uh, averaging 19.3 points, 9.4 rebounds a game. He's the only player under Mark Few to average 19 points and 9 rebounds for an entire season. The only player under Mark Few to average 19 and 9 for a season. And those 2005 and 2006 teams would not have been possible without the contributions of J.P. Batista. He was a junior college transfer. He uh, started his career at Western Nebraska Community College before going to Barton County Community College. And then played his final two years uh, at Gonzaga. And he was the perfect complement to Adam Morrison. And he really was just a walking double-double every single night. After Gonzaga, he has had a very, very successful uh, international career. 
He played the majority of it in France, but he's also spent some time uh, in Brazil as well. He was a Brazilian League MVP as re- most recently as 2019. Uh, he's won a couple league championships all over the place, um, but a really, really good international career. And of course, one of the better big men to ever come through Gonzaga. And like I said, was the perfect compliment for Adam Morrison and provided an incredible one-two punch for one of the best offensive teams uh, in the nation of the mid-2000s. David Pendergraft, he was a top 100 recruit coming out of Brewster, Washington, a local-ish kid, uh, at least from the state of Washington. And he played all four seasons uh, for Gonzaga. He was a role player his first three years before starting all 33 games his senior season. And he is one of the best shooters in Gonzaga history, leaving Gonzaga as a 44% three-point shooter across his four seasons. A really good uh, role player and shooter uh, for the, the Bulldogs and Mark Few. Josh Heitfeld, he had probably the most roller coaster career of any player in the program. He redshirted his first season. He was supposed to be a huge compliment to uh, the Adam Morrison team in 05 and 06, but then he uh, broke his ankle or broke his foot, uh, something like that. He had a lower leg injury that took him out for most uh, of the second half of that season. He came back as a sophomore and was an absolute monster. He dominated North Carolina at Madison Square Garden. And then later on that season is when his off-court problems started to become a story. Uh, We're not going to get into that a ton, but uh, it kind of messed up the end of his sophomore year, uh, a lot of his junior year. But then as a senior, he came back and really started to put it all together again. He started all 34 games uh, in that 2009 season, um, averaged the most minutes he ever averaged in his career, almost 30 minutes a game, averaged 15.6 and a half rebounds, was fourth in the WCC in field goals in his senior season, and was second in the WCC in effective field goal percentage, and he helped lead that 2009 team back to the Sweet 16 for the first time since Adam Morrison's uh, junior year. And then there's Pierre-Marie Altador Cespedes, PMAC. He started games on and off for his three seasons in Spokane. He was never really much of a scorer, um, but like I said, he still started uh, 45 games across three years, and then he ended up transferring to play a senior season at Marshall, where again, he was pretty much in that exact same role, playing right around 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Um, he still averaged three, three and a half points, uh, two, two and a half, three assists. Like he was, he was very, very consistent across his four years. Um, he was a good player, not a great player, not a great scorer, decent facilitator, decent defender, um, just a little bit undersized. The reason I want to talk about PMAC is because there is a classic buzzer beater to beat San Francisco still on the internet. And of course, it has Greg Heister on the call. And like I did with Earl Knight's game winner against San Diego, uh, a few recruiting classes back, I have to play this buzzer beater with Greg Heister on the call. It is Adam Morrison's team. It's PMAC, game winner. Greg Heister on the call. Enjoy. Surprise that this shot doesn't come up from number three. There's Morrison. Got it to Pierre Marie Altador Cespedes. Altador Cespedes, one of the best names to pronounce in Gonzaga history. And that game was on senior night uh, as the final regular season game of uh, 2006 leading into the conference tournament. And uh, Cespedes, 
hit the shot to beat San Francisco that night. A really, really cool moment. It was their 16th straight win. Of course, they went on to win 20 straight games before losing to UCLA in the Sweet 16. So, J.P. Batista, David Pendergraft, Josh Heitfeld, Pierre-Marie Altador Cespedes, a really, really good, a really solid recruiting class. Two good four-year players in Pendo and Josh Heitfeld. Uh, a solid yet unspectacular uh, PMAC who was a starter, kind of more of a distributor than a scorer. And then, of course, the shining star really was J.P. Batista, who had incredible two years uh, in Spokane. So the 11th ranked recruiting class is really not any blemishes on this class. I just think it shows how strong the top 10 classes in Gonzaga history are that all of them can say that they're somehow better than what that foursome uh, provided Gonzaga. And we will get to those final 10 across the next two weeks or so. Okay, that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow, a huge preview. Gonzaga's three-game series with the San Diego Toreros. Game one is Thursday. Game two is Friday. Game three is Saturday. Selection Sunday is on Sunday. Greg Talbot is going to be on the show tomorrow to talk about all of it. Greg calls Gonzaga home games for the WCC Network, so he has seen them in person a bunch this season, a lot more than most people have. So he will be uh, on the call again for the three games this weekend, starting with Game 1 on Thursday night, like I said. So we are going to talk to him tomorrow and get his thoughts on the series, on Gonzaga's season as a whole, And then uh, he's really excited, I'm really excited, about the pitching matchups for this weekend. So we'll talk about all of that tomorrow on the show with Greg Talbot. Don't forget, you can tune into the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can rate and subscribe to this podcast. You've got two more days to get your Gonzaga story into me so I can read them Friday on the show. So send those in. You can say whatever you want. It can be long. It can be short, funny, sentimental. Tell me what your favorite Gonzaga moment is, your favorite game that you've ever gone to. Whatever you want to tell me, let me know, and I'll read them Friday on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at SCARGO. It's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnZags. If you want to email the show with your story, which is the best way to do so, or if you have any questions or ideas you want me to talk about over the summer, please feel free to do so. That's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday. We will see you back here tomorrow morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.